Uh, hello, church. Good, good morning. Good morning. And uh, good morning if you're joining us as a part of our online family. Uh, settle in. Hope you're enjoying uh, wherever you are. You, you, you might be at home or uh, just maybe watching on your phone or something. Can we, can we give them, all of you here, can we give our uh, online family a welcome? Yeah, we're glad that we're all... We're all in this uh, together, and uh, so this is a real privilege and opportunity to, to dive in uh, with each other today. Um, if you have your Bible, I would love for you to, to open it up and go to the book of Hebrews and go to chapter 11. Uh, we're working our way through Hebrews chapter 11, which is this uh, amazing account of men and women of faith, and they provide us pretty phenomenal examples of what a... Uh, a life of faith looks like. And this is a journey that uh, I embarked on starting back in high school is really when I began to follow Jesus. And uh, I'm now super old. I'm 44. And uh, so I'm washed up. And yet I'm still continuing in this, this faith journey. Um, and, and so, so are you, some of you are way washed up. You're almost dead and it's just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're more mature than I and, uh, and better looking. Um, yeah, that for sure. Got a lot more hair. You're one to talk, Steve. Uh, <laughs> But uh, we have looked at a number of people of faith throughout the scriptures, and um, uh, today we're looking at Moses. And Moses is familiar to many of us, and certainly if you've been around the block a little while with church or scriptures or uh, just even popular culture has some awareness of who Moses is. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you're here with us today, uh, then maybe you'll learn just a little bit more about his journey. Uh, but if you're not real familiar, just quick refresher, uh, Moses was an Israelite, a Hebrew, but he was born at a season where the Israelites were held captive in slavery in Egypt. And for some 400 years, they'd been slaves in Egypt. And uh, the Egyptians are getting concerned about the number of Israelites becoming a threat. And so the Pharaoh, the king of, of Egypt, made an edict that uh, any male child that was born needed to be put to death. Uh, just put them in the river and uh, let them die. And that was a way of just measuring out, limiting the number of people, a uh, number of, of, of Israelites that would be able to uh, rise up. And Moses was born in th this time. Uh, but he, he has some parents that take care of him. Uh, they they uh, send him off, not put him to death. They hide him for a while, and then they send him uh, kind of in a little basket down the river. And... Uh, Pharaoh's daughter uh, finds baby Moses. And so even though he's a Hebrew, he's an Israelite, he gets raised basically as the prince of Egypt. And the uh, first 40 years of his life rises to power as the prince of Egypt, still has a heart for his own people. The Hebrews one day sees uh, kind of an atrocity happen where uh, one of the Egyptians is uh, beating up one of his fellow Hebrews. And uh, rather than take advantage of the position he's in, he steps in, defends his, his fellow Hebrew, and uh, actually takes the life of the Egyptian. 
And then rather than try to keep his position of power, he uh, heads out into uh, the desert. And um, there's so many moments of faith that are exhibited in Moses' life. There's so many markers of faith that we're going to look at. I would love just to read through our text today, and then we'll double back and kind of unpack it. Hebrews chapter 11, skip down to verse 23. It says, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He disregarded or he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead To his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. And if I had to uh, sum up the, the faith of Moses, I would put it this way that for Moses, God mattered to him more than anything else that the world had to offer. God mattered to Moses more than anything else that the world had to offer. That is the type of faith that makes me go, wow. It's the type of faith that I long for more of in my own life. I want to be a man of God who looks at the world around me and values who God is, what he's done, what he's got for me, more than anything else that the world has to offer. I think that's what he has for us as followers of Jesus. I think that's what he desires us to have as his church, right? Not very easy though, is it? But when you look at the life of Moses, uh, as, as among other people that are here listed in Hebrews chapter 11, there, there are these markers of that sort of faith. There are some characteristics, there's some things that uh, show us what that sort of faith looks like as we look at Moses today. But then there's also the, the source of that faith that Moses had, the object of that faith, not just what his faith looked like, but, but we also come to discover uh, the, the source of his faith, how he got a faith like that. And that's for me, I, I look at people of faith and I go, wow, that's, that's faith-filled and that's faith-filled and that's faith-filled and that's pretty spectacular and whoa, how in the world? And, and I go, that's amazing. But I, I want to have God develop that sort of faith in me. And Moses also, his story and these scriptures here in Hebrew give us that account as well. How we can get to be people that value who God is more than anything else that the world has to offer. Look back at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. Let's start back at the beginning. It starts out by saying, by faith, Moses' parents hid him 
uh, for three months after he was born. Did you know that, uh, that, that you as a parent have the ability to at least begin to shape the faith of your sons or your daughters? Uh, did you know that, that your parents, they had an opportunity to shape a, a bit of your faith journey, uh, good or bad, right? Because you, you can look at your own journey and you go, you know what, I, I did the best I could. Eventually, God's got to get in there and they've got their own faith relationship with God. Or you look at your own uh, parenting above you and you go, you know what, I, I, I got amazing foundation of faith given to me by my parents, or uh, it was a little mixed, or I I didn't get any of it. Uh, In this particular case, the faith of Moses's parents begins to set Moses up for a a different journey. It was quite the blessing. And and they hid him, knowing that uh, these male children were called to be uh, done away with. Instead, they, they step up. And they're looking at their circumstances and what they're doing is they are aware of how crummy their circumstances were. Can you imagine if all of us in this place right now were literally, we were slaves, we were subject to uh, another people group. Can you imagine what it would be like if there was an edict out right now that said uh, all the male children that you give birth to, you, you have to kill or they need to be done away with? I mean, legitimately, right? Those are not very pleasant circumstances. But the faith of Moses' parents, their faith was not focused on their circumstances. Their faith was focused on the one who is bigger and greater than their circumstances. That's always such a great marker of our faith. I don't put my faith in the circumstances, even when they're legitimately difficult and, and bad. Again, not... Not easy to do that, but, but, but that's what godly people, people with this wow sort of faith, uh, do. Uh, look, it says they hit him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. Uh, they, they were um, able to look at their child in the midst of the circumstances and not just see the bad or the potential harm, but, but they were looking at, uh, at Moses even through these faith-filled, hope-filled eyes. Our child, there is something unique. Our child, in the hands of a God that's greater than all these circumstances, can be used by God for amazing things. You think about our day-to-day, and we got any number of bummer, legitimately horrible circumstances going on, right? Personal life, uh, culturally, globally, but, but to, to have a, a perspective of faith that looks on our circumstances, looks on our loved ones, looks on ourselves, and says, yes, legitimately, there's an awful lot of bad. But, but I, I know the source of good. I know the source of hope. I know my God. And what could he do? Through my kid? What could he do through my circumstances? What could he do through my marriage? I mean, that's a faith's a good perspective, a faith filled perspective. 
is good to have. They saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. They saw the potential for something good because they knew that God loves to see good come to his people. Even when you look around the block and there ain't much tangible reason to trust and believe that there's much good available, your sights are going back up to the Lord. And uh, it's a perspective shift. You know, last Saturday I went to a funeral, a memorial for my friend's dad who passed away. And it was held kind of outside in a cold mountain community in California. And uh, there was snow all around. And they were hosting the memorial in basically kind of an oversized circus tent. And there were about 200 people that they'd pulled inside this tent. And uh, because it was so cold outside, they'd also brought uh, heaters inside. Um, and, and this heater that I was next to, I was standing right next to on the perimeter. I was standing, everybody else was seated. I'm on the, the, the wall next to this heater. And, uh, I began to smell, um, melting plastic. And, uh, I, I kind of look up next to me and whoever had positioned the heater, they'd pressed it right up against the clear tent frame. And now I'm looking out this direction. There's a couple hundred people here and a couple heaters in the middle of the room. Uh, But then all these people and they don't see what I'm seeing. And now I'm left with a decision. I I need to do something. First, I started just to lean against the, the wall of the tent to pull it away from the heater. And then plastic began to drip from the top, the roof thing of the heater I thought, this is not good. And so uh, I I waited just for a moment. I'm looking around. Nobody has any clue this is going on. And I reached down and I just turned off the heater. Because I would rather be uh, cold than dead. (laughs) And same for my heart for the people in the room. Now the problem was, is that no one else had seen the melting Everybody there for the memorial, as soon as I turned off the heater, within about 10 seconds, the temperature dropped about 20 degrees, and everybody had seen me turn it off. They look over, and they're giving me dirty looks. (laughs) Why did he turn off that? Look at what he's doing. How is he? But the perspective from where they sat, it appeared as if I were doing the wrong thing. But from where I was... I had a completely different perspective on the reality of the situation. And in that particular case, I was making a decision for people to be cold rather than to die. And I wonder how many times God is in that same position. God has always got the bigger and better perspective. Now from our seat on the bus, we don't always see things in the same way. And we wonder why that's happening or why God would allow this. And, and people could look in this situation and go, why the slavery and why, oh, they got to hide their baby and all of this is bad, bad, bad. But then there's the faith-filled side that says, God's still on the throne. He still knows what's up. We've got a child here that God can use. He's still uh, on uh, his mission, his purpose. We know the promises of God that he's going to make us into a great nation. Circumstances don't really look like that right now, but we're going to trust his promises more than our circumstances. That, 
What, what an amazing picture of faith. And it starts with his parents. And then here, look at these markers of Moses' faith himself. Verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Was he kind of technically the adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter? Yes. But he refused to make that the primary association. He he instead preferred to be related to the people of God than any other sort of earthly relationship. And we would do well as the church to remind ourselves of that. That more than any other earthly relationship, that we can be the people of God. What a marker of our faith to say, you know what, more than anything else that the world has to offer. To be related to the family of God. To be a son or daughter of God himself is better than anything else that the world has to offer. Verse 25, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Uh, he, He chose to be mistreated with the people of God. You know, what, what another marker of faith, he's, he's preferring to uh, care for God's people, lead God's people, uh, influence, help out God's people more than help himself. That's another amazing marker of this sort of spectacular faith that Moses had. And then verse 26, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Now, in this day, Egypt was the superpower. It was the powerhouse. And so when you talk about treasures as a nation, they got more than anybody else. And then you are the earthly prince in the superpower of the day. And now put that option before you. Uh, Moses would rather adhere to the plan and the purposes of God, the word of God, rather than the word or the flattery or the plans and the purposes of other people. Man, that's a huge faith-filled life and perspective. But that, that's, what he, that's what he had. Would you rather, now, now think about this before you just, I don't need you to blurt out an answer, but, but think about it for a second. Would you rather be the son or daughter of an earthly king or an earthly president or an earthly wealthy person or an earthly influential person, a son or daughter of that person, or would you rather be the son or daughter, the prince or princess of the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Now, you know, because we're sitting in church, because you're watching an online church, you know what the right answer is. Jesus, it's always the right answer. But when you think about it, what we respond to relatively quickly there, of course, I'd rather be a son or daughter of the king of kings, the prince or princess of the king of kings and the Lord, than, than any, anything else, anyone else. I mean, we know that intellectually, but when it comes to our day-to-day, man, we make a whole lot of choices, right? 
that line up with, you know what, I, I value actually my, uh, my sonship or daughtership right here on planet earth an awful lot. And, and I'm thankful God's patient with us. That he continues to hang in there with us. When I look at Moses, what I see here, though, is he's got this faith in uh, unseen, eternal, and divine plans and rewards. As opposed to seen, temporary, and human rewards. Now, Now, for me and you, I mean, again, just allow yourself to process where your values lie, where your heart lies. And maybe invite God, God, allow me to even see which one would be better. Stuff that is this unseen and yet it's eternal in nature and it's divine or something that's uh, fleeting and, uh, and temporary that I can see and touch right now. But it's really just some man-made concoction Faith, the faith of Moses, the, the faith of these individuals in Hebrews chapter 11 are ones that go, you know what, I, I don't know if I'm there yet, but I want to value God and what he says and what he's got for me more than anything else that the world has to offer. Look at what happens. Verse 27, by faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. When there's the scuffle between uh, he and this other Egyptian who's beating on a Hebrew and it ends badly, rather than try to use his power, his position and influence to uh, uh, sway the situation or uh, keep his position as prince, he takes off to the desert. Not fearing the, the king's anger, uh, he just steps out of the equation. Do you ever think about how much fear drives us? You know, the fear of uh, leaving the company of wicked people. You ever get afraid of that? Uh, the fear of leaving some lusts behind. Uh, the fear of leaving uh, uh, power, uh, position Physical pleasures behind? Whew. I mean, one of those probably hits you. You know what? When it comes down to it, I am. I, I, I don't like that. I don't know how I'm going to, how will I be satisfied if I stop doing this? Or how, how in the world am I going to function if I'm not connected with them anymore? You know, there's those sorts of things that, that Moses just goes, I, I didn't, he was not fearing any of that, leaving these wicked people. He's, he's going to go be about God's business. So many amazing markers of his faith, but I think what it comes down to, how he did this, how did he get to have a faith like that? I think it's because he really knew God. I think he really knew what God was like. Right here it says, he was able to persevere because he saw him who is invisible. He really knew God. And so when this opportunity or this temptation or these people, whatever, presented themselves, 
It was this quick comparison test. Well, okay, I know what God's like, and then I know what they are offering me or this thing is offering me, and then you just kind of, wow. Now, for most of us, we can get to that spot, and if we don't know God very well, then the temptation of this thing or that relationship or whatever that we do know, it outweighs it. And so we go, okay, I'll just take that. What's that line? The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. That cliche. I mean, we, we, well, I know what that's like. I know at least for a little while, if you, but the risk, the faith step of going God's direction, uh, I don't know. How do you see something that's invisible? <laughs> he saw him who is invisible. And the author of Hebrews is here just hitting on this double tangent here. Uh, Moses really knew God. He saw God who in his nature, in his essence, is invisible. And yet he was able to see him. How? Well, because the works of God, the activity of God, the, uh, the movement of God, that is visible. And, and God has made so many ways for me and you to see who he is so that you, your faith doesn't have to be relying uh, just on invisible blank screen, but you can see that which is invisible. How, how do you begin to see something as invisible? You, you got to start to look. You need to open your eyes. And by faith, we look around and we go, oh, okay, this entire planet and the universe out there you look all around that and you can see, man, how amazing must the creator of this all been? Rather than just driving through the Dells, yeah, I've seen these before, these are cool, whatever. <laughs> you go to the ocean, oh yeah, whatever, it's that's little. I could have done that. <laughs> no, you couldn't. You look around and, and you see, you see that even Moses, that God has given us a historical record of in scripture, is a very amazing picture of Christ. He's given us, he gave us Christ, which is pretty cool. But then the link here, I, I mean, there's some amazing parallels. Uh, Jesus humbled himself not taking advantage of his royal position. Who's that sound like? Moses. Uh, Jesus uh, was offered the moon. I mean, everything. Remember when Satan tempts him, you can have all this. Stuff? He was offered the moon and instead he chose to be counted with lowly people like us. Who's that sound like? Moses. Jesus put himself in harm's way to deliver people that he loved and cared for out of slavery into freedom. Who's that sound like? Moses. See, God has made himself known. He's, he's showing us a whole lot about himself. Even though his essence is invisible, we can, you can see him. And when you come to see who God really is and you really know him, then start the comparison game. If you have to do it a million times a day, uh, Jesus or P, 
popularity. Uh, Jesus, my Jesus, my Lord and my Savior, or money. Jesus or physical pleasure. Jesus or power and influence. I mean, just pause. And the more that you and I get to know the source, the object of our faith, then when we begin to look around at everything that the world has to offer, I guarantee you, over time, your faith will begin to grow. And your faith, the markers of it, will begin to show up. And like Moses, your faith and my faith will be one that says, God, you matter to me more than anything else that this world has to offer. How do we get there? Get to know the Lord better. Lean into him. Let him show you more and more of what he's like. And then watch your faith grow. And so, Father, we just give you our hearts right now. And we ask that you would... Give us moments of pause. Use your Holy Spirit to uh, really move in our lives when we're driving, when we're walking along, when we're at work, when we're at home, when we're in conversations with people, when we're wrestling with a temptation. God, would you please allow us to uh, take a look at the circumstances that we're in and raise our sights up to a whole different level to catch who you are and what you're doing. Continue to win over these amazing people that are here in our church and in our community. Those that are joining us online, uh, overwhelm us all with how good you are and how faithful you are and how powerful you are. That everything that the world has to offer will grow strangely dim and you will use us however it is that you want to use us we lift our voices to you now just to allow you to continue to remind us of who you are and all the beauty and goodness that comes from you in Jesus name Amen